You're listening to The Declare Podcast, episode number 97, and I'm your host, Ann Watson. You guys, we have got the incomparable Jenny B. from Biz Mavens back on the podcast today. She was with us for episode 83, and it was so crazy good, I just had to get her back. And if you were with us at the conference, then you know you could not take notes fast enough. Jenny wants to know today if you are the signal or the noise. We're going to find out. And we're also going to talk about the four places that you need to be focusing all of your energy. So grab a pen or a laptop or whatever you take notes on and get ready, because this one is going to make an impact. Welcome to the Declare Podcast. The mission of Declare is to equip women to walk in their callings as Christian communicators. Our show takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, writers, speakers, and more. Our conversations focus on their stories and their journeys to engage and grow and manage their unique influence, just like you do. You're going to laugh, be moved, get practical information, and stuff you can take action on today that's going to help you feel more connected, more confident, and better able to accomplish everything God has in store for you. We know your time is valuable, and we thank you for investing it with us and for being part of the Declare community. Today's episode is brought to you by the Declare Conference. This event is held annually in the Dallas, Texas area and is three days chock full of incredible speakers, workshops, a sponsor market, dance parties, all kinds of networking, publishers, agents, everything you need to succeed. The theme this year is get your hopes up and we promise you're going to walk away with everything you need to level up in your writing, your speaking, your podcasting and your influence. So don't miss it. Check out our website at wearedeclared.com for details and sign up for our email list so that you can be the first to hear about all the big announcements. In our last episode, I got to talk with Blake Guichet. Blake is a web designer with a podcast called Confessions of a Crappy Christian. And you guys, I love her. She's really fun. She's the definition of real. And in that episode, we talk about overcoming your hurts or hangups. We talk about responding to people who criticize your brand or your approach. We talk about great tools that help women learn to love themselves and the truth about what it means when you feel like or you are told that you are too much, too loud, too opinionated, or too whatever. That is episode number 96, so make sure you take a listen. You're going to love it. But today we're on episode 97 with Jenny B., the biz maven. The last time we had Jenny on the podcast, we talked about goals, money, and super fans. But today, it's all about where we're putting our focus. Guys, this is so good. We talk about hidden costs, why you need to quit apologizing for your big dreams, and the four most important places you need to put your focus. She even breaks down how to do it if you're a beginner, intermediate, or advanced communicator. Listen, I can't wait anymore. Let's just go ahead and get started with our conversation with Jenny B. Hey, Jenny, welcome back to the Declare Podcast. How are you doing? Fab, how are you today? I'm so good. And I'm like pumped. I don't know if you can tell from my voice. I'm pumped (laughs) to talk to you because you were a speaker at Declare and you were amazing. And the podcast episode that we recorded with you is one of our most downloaded episodes because you give such great information and really cool sticky statements. Like I always think about how the car you're driving doesn't have a rear view mirror. Like I, I just, we need more Jenny. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show today. And I'm so excited you said yes. Well, thanks for having me back. And it is always a pleasure to talk to you um, on the podcast, off the podcast, anytime. So 
I'm just happy to be here. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, just in case there's somebody out there that has not met you yet, I was wondering if you could give us just a little summary of kind of who you are, what you do, maybe a little bit of your story. Sure. So I run a group called Biz Mavens, and we are kind of bloggers who have decided that they they want to do something more intentional and purposeful with their message. So a lot of folks get into blogging because they just think, oh, I, I want to have a creative outlet. Or I think um, so many people who have been blogging, especially for a long time, got into blogging kind of accidentally. They just wanted a place to share photos or stories or share what's on their heart. And over time, for a lot of women, they they get this vision for having greater impact and actually being able to help people in a bigger way that's more than just, you know, how many page views can I get or how many likes or how many shares? At a certain point, all of that starts to feel a little bit superficial. And so, and kind of put money on the table and say, I stand for something and I stand for other women that I can lead. And so biz mavens are women who are stepping into leadership roles on in their platform of influence and who are leading women through making change. So that's a little bit about what I do. I help women move from being bloggers to being entrepreneurs, being business owners, being leaders in their space so that they can really have a deeper impact. Well, and I love what you do, but We've talked about this before for a lot of bloggers, especially Christian communicators, you know, if they're speakers, authors, whatever that is, they don't see themselves as entrepreneurs, business owners, or even leaders. And when you sort of suggest that to them, they kind of give you that little bit of a repel stance because that seems icky and out of line with, you know, what Jesus says. But I'm not sure I agree with that. I'm wondering what you think. I hear what you're saying, Anne, and it's absolutely something I hear all the time, too. This feeling that if we're going to be, if we have a platform, this should be our ministry. But the thing is that any ministry that has a wide reach that's able to make big impact in people's lives, well, we have to have a way to fund that operation. Right. We have to be able to invest in, sometimes it does take some tools that cost something in order to be able to reach people effectively. And the bigger your platform get, the the more heavily it drains on your resources financially, too. I mean, think about the costs involved in running an online platform. You've got your hosting for your website. You've got sometimes a tech person that you have to, you know, have fix all the things if you're not super tech savvy. Right. And then I'm raising my hand over here. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> There's so many unexpected costs. Uh, when when women get into blogging in the first place, they say, oh, it's just this this tiny little one-time setup fee. I can totally, like, I'll, I'll spend my mad money on it. But what they don't realize is that there, there are a lot of hidden costs that I don't think would, should deter people from getting started, but it definitely limits the reach that they can have in growing their influence and growing their audience. If you ever want to reach more than, you know, a couple thousand people. And then there's the other side of this too, which is what are we giving back to our families? So one of the saddest things for me is to see a woman who has a message and who, who really desires change for her audience, who wants to help people. But if she's having to choose between, you know, spending time with, you know, helping other people versus spending time with their family, there's this trade-off. And like for me and my business, my four kids are my biggest shareholders. They have personal stake in what I do. And if I'm not 
making money to help, you know, fund the, the lessons or I've got a, a son in fencing. I've got a daughter in gymnastics. I've got a daughter who does ballet, actually two in gymnastics now. That's not cheap either. You think it's just a leotard, but that's full of hidden costs too. <laughs> it's not, it is yeah. not cheap. It is, and then multiply it times four. Oh my word. Yeah. But my kids, in order for them to feel really excited and happy and supportive about what I am doing online, like there's only so much, so many thank you notes that I can show to my kids that will really mean something to them versus if I'm able to say, hey, because you guys support me in running my business, we get these great family benefits. We get to go on a vacation when normally we wouldn't, or we get to take these lessons. We get to homeschool. So it really, for me, it also helps with your family buy-in. And if you want, if you want your husband to be excited, I mean, I don't have one, I'm a single mom, but if you want, like, if there's another person who's, who has big influence in your life, there is no better way to make them be supportive too than to show that, hey, I'm actually getting a, a financial return on what we are doing here that can help our whole family. So those are kind of the two sides, helping, giving back to your shareholders in your family, and then also being able to fund your message getting out there going forward. Oh, absolutely. And I think that as far as money being icky to get, you know, my husband is in the corporate world and they're saying is no margin, no mission. So you need to bring in those funds so that you can advance the message or the mission. And so I think that that is such a great, you know, way to look at it. But then also, I love what you said about if you want the buy-in of your husband's I think we should all be using words like financial return, ROI, like those kind of things, because I started doing that with my husband. And now he's coming home with like books for me to read that are going to be helpful for what I'm doing. <laughs> so like when you explain to your biggest shareholders who are your family that I love that you said that that's another sticky statement that they get this buy in. And not only do they get this buy in, but they like encourage you to be your best self. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is so rewarding to show up. I mean, getting love notes, don't get me wrong, getting love notes from your readers or the people who are taking courses from you or whatever, getting those love notes is like it's soul feeding in a way. It's so just affirming of what you're doing and the impact you're having. But being able to say, hey, I have this money to show. And but this money isn't just some icky, yucky, like, it, it wasn't the whole goal in the first place, but it's this beautiful byproduct that shows, hey, I can prove to myself, I made X number of dollars, and this is a reflection of women whose lives I am helping change. So the money is not the goal, but it certainly is a great way to measure the impact that you're having. Like another form of analytics. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If, if you are making zero dollars with your message online, you have to say, hmm, what is the value of what I'm doing? And it's not that the soft heart, you know, stuff doesn't matter at all. But here's the other side of that coin, Anne. It's that when you're making money with a message, 
like you are super focused on the impact that you're having there. It leads you to research it better, to deepen your own knowledge yourself. Money is this great motivator where you say, okay, I'm going to use this income, not just, oh, because I want extra manicures or whatever. That's, I mean, great manicure ladies. I'm not bashing you here. Yeah. And people who do that, that's what they want out of it. They're getting that out of it. But for people who want to take their message further. Yeah, absolutely. So the the other side of this is depending on which way you're making money, because there's so many different ways to make money through your message, having, you know, monetized, it's what we call it. It's also when people invest in their own change, in their own transformation, I'm talking about your followers, your readers, your listeners, whatever your platform is, when they put their money down on the line, then they are effectually investing in themselves and their own change. So I can't tell you how many people are just content to give the tiny bits of change that, oh, here's a free blog post, here's a free blog post, here's another free blog post or a free podcast. But you have to think about it. After somebody consumes that, how much does it change their life? Probably it might change their mindset for 15 minutes until they get distracted by the next shiny object. And then they're on to the next thing. And you might be nothing but like a a pleasant memory that happened at that one time. Whereas when you have women who are, let's say, putting their money down, let's say they've joined some sort of a paid group to be part of a Bible study or a learning experience, or it could be any number of things, depending on what your message is, who your people are. But when they put down money, they're sticking their flag in the sand and saying, I want this change in my life. I want to reach these goals bad enough to invest. And then they're a lot more likely to follow through and go through that experience and actually be transformed. So the level of impact that you can have with a free blog post versus, let's say, a three-week program, it's just an astronomical difference. And it's because of the level of buy-in that your readers slash customers have. Oh, and you're absolutely right. Because whenever they're putting money in, they're saying to themselves, I am committing to this. And they don't have to necessarily commit when they just read a blog post. So they're not even in a mindset of, I want to internalize this. So yeah, they're putting money into your thing is like you said, it's investing in themselves. It's making a commitment to themselves. And it's also saying, I trust you to help me figure this out, which is nice. Yeah, there's so much more. And I, I, I've i got examples of this. There are a couple of blog posts that I wrote, for example, four or five years ago, and I made some very basic recommendations in the blog post. One of them was about prioritizing email subscribers in order to not distract people with shiny objects of here, you can follow me on Twitter, you can like me on Facebook, you can follow me on Pinterest, you can follow me on Instagram. The level of change that you can deliver via email is so much greater. So in a free blog post many years ago, I wrote, you should remove not the social media sharing buttons, but remove your social media follow buttons from around that area where your subscribe box is, because you want people to have one really good, solid way of continuing that journey with you. and You don't want to distract them. So I wrote this in a free blog post and I got good feedback. People were like, oh, wow, this is different. Some of them asked clarifying questions. But when I would come back and ask people, did you actually do that? The answer was, oh, no, not yet. I'm thinking about it because it changed it changed their mind 
for a moment, but then they kind of put it, they lumped it in a category with all these other things that you could do theoretically. Contrast that with the same exact advice that I'm giving in the context of a paid program. So I have this transformational program for bloggers who want to step up and become business owners. And in that context, this happens in, oh, I don't know, module four, um, I give the same exact advice again. And do you know how many of those women make that change on their blog? How many? Every last one of them. To date, not a single one has failed to take that advice. Part of it's because the context, they understand the why behind it. They've got so much buy-in because they're seeing so much success so far. But we've also built this relationship of trust. They know me. They know that I want what's good for them. They've seen just really solid advice that they've been following through all, you know, the beginning parts of the program. So when that lesson comes up, guess what they do? They follow my advice. And then they're successful with it. You can give the same advice for free and the same advice in the context of a transformational program and like a buy-in in a program is a done deal. Yeah. It's like the ultimate call to action. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And, you know, I love what you're saying and where you're going. And I think that we've really covered why making money is a good thing for your business. Can I also just say, though, I would really like to see women shift their mindset a little bit to where when they make money, they're excited about it and they're proud of themselves and they allow themselves to feel good that they did something that helps someone, that they are building that following. Can we all just agree that (laughs) it is okay to be excited about doing the things we love and that we're good at? Absolutely. And I don't know why this, in fact, I've I've written a couple of things online that have got caught me some flack over the last couple of years. But for some reason, like it is noteworthy in a man's life, if he is making a lot of money in his career, we see him as a strong career person. Like, oh, he must be really good at what he does. Wow. He's really in demand. But women, it's almost like they shame each other for the fact that they have made money doing this. Right. Um, It's the craziest thing. It's because of what the private parts you have on your body, the role of income and finances change. No, no. Money is just a tool. We're called to reinvest and reinvest the money that we have. And so I just don't see what, I don't know why, Anne. It's so frustrating to me too, to see women with this unhealthy, negative relationship with money. And a lot of times money is the key thing that is holding women's ministry back and making it so, you know, they're limiting their reach. They're limiting their scope. They're limiting their impact because they don't want to do it for money. Well, you know, I would say one thing to what you just said. You said money is the thing that's holding women back. And I would say that money is neutral. It is not good. It is not bad. It does not have feelings. It does not have, you know, Mm -hmm. any sort of power other than how you feel about it. And, you know, especially for the Christian communicator world, you know, Jesus talked about money more than any other thing. So that automatically makes us feel like it's icky, but it's still just a thing. And it is how you feel about it. It's that mindset toward it that determines whether or not it's a good thing for you. It is. It is. And at the end of the day, we we are worshiping a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God doesn't apologize for ownership. Preach. And 
And I, you know, I was, I was thinking about this actually this last month, I've been reading through the book of Genesis again. And in so many of the places where it brings up Abraham, it talks about his wealth, his enormous wealth. And he has servants and he has sheep and he has oxen and he has all these different things that really at that time, there was no money. That was his wealth. But I don't see Abraham or, you know, Moses who's writing about this. I don't see anybody apologizing for his wealth. It simply was. Right. We we were looking at his heart towards God and his heart towards God was one of, sure, he's messing up a lot. Um, right. We but, all do. <laughs> but yeah, but but it's dependence and trust. And he he was just a man on a journey. He happened to be really fabulously wealthy. And that was just another part of his story. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And we could go on and on all day about that. Because there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of material to work with. And maybe we'll come back and do that another time. But right now, I want to say that because we've established that women who are bloggers are actually their leaders, their business owners, their entrepreneurs, and that it's okay for them to make money, then I want to ask you about what you call the four places where we should all focus our energy as business owners. And yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that? And then let's break them down. Sure. So the first area, if we could take, you know, you have a to-do list, I'm sure as an influencer that could be three miles long and you can really, you can follow the shoulds and the rat race and the, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. This is what I was, this is what X guru says I should be doing. But if you don't sit down and think about the purpose between why would I do this action? Why would I do this thing in the context of a larger business of a vision of a mission that you have to help transform lives in a small way or a big way, then you're going to be sitting here and putting tasks on equal footing with each other and not being able to make wise choices. So for example, is it the very most important thing that you get on Twitter 25 times today? Well, I guess it depends on what we're comparing it with. Is Are we comparing it with creating a new program that's going to help people? Are we going to compare it with responding to the comments on your blog? So I think that's why it's it's really helpful to have these four different categories that we put all the tasks into to understand how they fit in and how they're going to serve our purpose with our business. So the first way is creating, like creating an offer. What is it that you, in, in your core message that you have, how how will somebody experience change by coming into contact with you? In general, this is going to be through some sort of, of an experience with you. It might be reading your book. If that's so, then in that case, creating your offer means I'm going to be writing a book. Now, the same task, though, can have more than one category. And Anne, I'm going to have you remind me because let's let's look at writing a book in just a little bit again. But so creating could be, you know, creating a program, creating a consulting package, creating something that will allow you to serve your people in a deeper way. Then another category is attracting traffic. And this is the stuff that as bloggers, we are so familiar with bloggers, podcasters, you know, whatever your platform, I'm, I'm going to call them bloggers because that's usually my people. But attracting traffic, it could be things like, you know, doing social media posting. It could be writing a blog post. It could be doing a an interview on somebody else's podcast or on your own podcast. It could be um, reaching out to other places where you want to be a guest blogger. So the, the whole purpose of all of these tasks is to get 
traffic to attract brand new people into your world. So we've got create, we've got attracting traffic, and then we have launching and promoting. And this is the part where like everybody's turning down their dial. They're like, oh, she said launching. (laughs) Oh, see, I get excited about that because I'm like marketing strategy. Yay. This is it's actually one of my favorite parts, too. So things that are launching and promoting, this is very different than just I'm going to get new eyes. Launching is something that's aligned with a specific offer. So I could, let's say, write a blog post that's just trying to get any generic kind of traffic into my blog. Hey, this one person came in. They can be part of my tribe in general. That's great. But I could also write a different kind of blog post that is strategically positioned to be part of a launch where the kinds of mindset shifts that I'm going to give in this blog post will help people say, aha, now I understand what my problem is. And now I'm I'm primed and I'm ready to go to the next level. So depending on where, you know, what purpose you're using a blog post for, it could be just attracting regular old traffic, or it could be part of a launch sequence, part of promoting stuff. Other things that would fall in this would be things like, you know, having a webinar, writing emails that will be part of a launch sequence. You're probably familiar with the different buckets that this stuff goes into, but the point is it's tied into an offer. So the things that you create that will help move people from casual bystander to somebody who's going to be able to say, yes, I want this change and I want to go through it with you. I choose you. I choose you, Pikachu, to lead me through through this transformational process. All of those things are launching and promoting. And then there's that fourth category, which is serving. So, and this is the part that I think it is, the most fun for me as, as a creator, like you can create programs all day long, but not have a whole lot of emotional investment in them. I love the serving part. So I really, really enjoy interacting with people. So this is serving could be depending on, you know, how you're monetizing this, how you've wrapped it up and packaged it. It could be getting on a phone call and doing consulting with somebody, helping them work through problems and troubleshoot and, you know, bust through that to help them create change. It could be something a little bit more formal, like a group program that you've put together. You can say, hey, I've talked to enough people. I understand that there's there's more of a process and a system here. And so serving in that context means you have a program, some kind of content that you're leading people through. Serving could be, you know, checking up. It could be with people in your own community that are not paid people in your community. If you have a free Facebook group, for example, you could be serving in that Facebook group. You could be leading some kind of Q&A calls or holding a retreat, like a private retreat that you're leading for people. So serving, it's really the customer service. It's where you are there and you are assisting in the transformation. And for me, that's why I put up with all this other crap, honestly. Right, right. (laughs) The the creating, the attracting traffic, the launching. I do that all so I can get to the fun part, which for me is serving. It's like showing up and serving my people. That's my favorite. So I told you I was going to talk about how we talked briefly about how a blog post could technically be attracting traffic or it could be it could also be part of a launch. The same thing goes with writing. And so writing a book, for example, you could write a book to be the offer. Now, 
chances are, if you're writing a book as the offer, what are we going to charge for a book? Let's say $7.99, $8.99, $15. There's kind of a price cap on what we can charge for books. And so a lot of women who get into writing books, unless you've got a, you know, a big publishing company behind you, maybe you have an enormous platform with a lot of reach, typically books are not going to be your bread and butter. Like they're just not going to make as much money as you would like to think that they do. So a lot of women get into creating books as their content. There's another way to use books though, which is part of attracting traffic or launching. And in this, you say, okay, the deeper transformation is not going to come by, you know, reading this 150 page book. The deeper transformation can happen if somebody's, let's say, in a program with me or is part of my life coaching or whatever your offer is. And at that point, you are writing a book in order to help get your message out. It's something people can hold in their hands. Um, they can pass it around, share it, recommend it to other people. And at that point, a book is your marketing wing. So it is getting people into your tribe, into your community, so that then if they do want to keep going at a deeper level, experience deeper transformation, bigger change, then they can do that in the context of whatever program, whatever you have at the deeper level of your business. Absolutely. And I love what you're talking about with the whole serving thing, because when I was younger, fresh out of college, I was working for a bank. And the philosophy of the bank was, we promise to make you feel like our most important customer. It was all about customer service. And I ended up teaching a group of people about Walt Disney, right? How Disney was committed to being the happiest place on earth. And so every single thing that they did was, how can we make this the happiest place? Which meant right down to their customer service cube people, right? Where you would call, they would be so focused on serving you as a customer that it was just this really great experience. And I think that really those four things that you just listed, some people might put them maybe in a list, but really they're in a circle. Because I think when you are serving your customers really well, it's going to inform you and help you decide what is the next thing you want to create. And then you're going to go right back through that process. Yes, absolutely. So I call this as uh, in my program, I call this the authority listening cycle, that we do things based on what we hear from our audience. We're listening, we're understanding their needs, we're understanding the goals that they have, the desires that they have. We're also listening for what's holding them back. Theoretically, if they could already have achieved that goal, they would have done it by now. They wouldn't need you. Right. But for whatever reason, there's some reason that they still haven't achieved that goal yet. And so that's one of the things we listen for. We listen for, hey, why haven't why haven't they been successful so far? What are the books they've already read that maybe they've enjoyed, but that haven't helped make that extra change and tip them over the scale? And so then we make new decisions in our business. And this is where it feeds back into the authority again for authority listening that we take what we know now and we use that to serve our people in a bigger way. So when you spend your time listening and understanding, you know, understanding your people, who they are, what they need, it helps you build your business. I mean, your, your whole business it, in terms of what you offer, how you're promoting it, it really trickles down to every single part of your platform. 
Okay, so I love what you're saying, and I want to pitch out a couple scenarios for you. So I want to know how to use this circle, which has fancy words, authority listening cycle. How do you use that when you are a beginner, when you are intermediate, and when you are advanced? Okay. Do you want to shoot out a, a topic like advanced? Yeah. Let, and- so let's start with beginner. Like somebody has an idea. They want to start attracting that audience so they can get their message out and they need to create something. They don't already have a bunch of followers yet, or they only have like 100, 200 people on their list. What do they do to really help them create the right thing that will get them successfully into that cycle? Amazing question, Anne. So when you don't have a large online platform, a lot of people just they spend so much time churning their wheels to try to attract more people, more people, more people. But the fact is, if you only had five people on your list, you have a place to listen if you have zero people. So let's take if we have we have zero, we're starting from ground zero here. You can start listening to the real life people in your life. You're talking to friends. Maybe you've decided, hey, here's here's this area that I want to grow my authority and my impact. You listen to people in real life. You know, it's not just having conversations with them, but it's also, you know, helping understand at a deeper level what's really going on here. It's almost like putting on your doctor's cap. So you say, um, you know, what are the symptoms that they're having? And then how would I, based on my, yeah, limited experience and maybe limited understanding. How would I diagnose this? Like what's really going on here? It can be as simple as have conversations. So people that are in your real life, if you've got like a mom's homeschool group, like who are the people that you want to serve? Find them in real life. It could be calling up old friends or asking around, hey, do you know anybody that fits kind of this profile? If you do, send them my way. I want to talk to him. So building real relationships, like you can't just skip over that part. Right. It also means, I'm sure everybody here, or, you know, unless you're intentionally choosing not to be on Facebook, you're on Facebook. Like it's it's a default now. So you can very easily be in Facebook groups where your kinds of people hang out. You can kind of use this as a listening space. So for example, Laura Casey's Power Sheets, huge, huge use among women, and they've got all kinds of free Facebook groups. Chances are, among tens of thousands of women in these Facebook groups, there's going to be people that are in your target audience that you're saying, hey, I can serve these people. So it doesn't mean like putting on your bossy pants and like taking over the mic, but it does mean that listening, just very strategic listening, where are the people? What If somebody's asking a question, let's say about, um, I just don't even know how I can schedule my homeschool day and still make all these other things work. Well, guess what? Folks are going to start chiming in with advice. And that's a place where you say, "Mm, my CEO radar just went off. I hear here's a problem that I might be able to help with. I can just chime in with free advice. And you enter into people's lives this way. And it can be on a superficial level, just, you know, free Facebook group kind of thing. Or it can be through one-on-one conversations. I think the best exercise that people do in my program, honestly, is I make them get on a Skype call. We find these super users, the people who have the greatest probability of being your biggest fan. And I give them a script to use, you know, to to invite people on this call. And it is so exciting because when women, you know, maybe they've been blogging for 
a long time, six, seven, eight, nine years. And they've never actually like they've forgotten what it's like to know somebody like just to know one of these new people in their community. So I make them get on a Skype call and talk and listen. And they have these light bulbs go off. You would not believe it. And because they're like, wow, if I was writing a blog post with this lady in mind, I think that'd make it a lot easier. I'm like, yep. <laughs> I love it. Are. That's a great plan or a great idea. Yeah, I love it. You know, and every person, we get caught up in all the stats and all the numbers, but at a fundamental level, every page view you get, every unique visitor you get, that's a human. Like it's it's a live, breathing, warm-blooded human on the other end of that one stat. And there's no better way to understand what you need to do as a business owner than to connect with those people. And I like to give the example of Dan Martell. He was the CEO of Clarity. Actually, he sold it uh, a year or two ago. But every single Thursday, he would get on the phone. And I'm talking about CEO of a big corporation. He would get on and he would he called it smile and dial. He would call three customers, three users of his app and get to know them. Find out about their kids and their dogs and their husbands and their and, you know, what what challenges they were facing in their business. He just got to know him. And I think if a CEO of a big, fabulously successful corporation can make time to call people and talk to them, you and I can do that. Well, it's good customer service. So, all right, let's talk about people who are maybe intermediate, right? Like they're in the cycle, they are doing these things, but there's maybe one part of the cycle that's broken or that isn't working the way that they thought it would work. So what advice do you have for them to find where it's broken and fix it? I think the biggest thing at the intermediate stage is understanding what message you have. Like at its core, if there are 30,000 faith bloggers, let's say out there that are all trying to encourage and inspire, then at some point, you have to decide if you're going to be part of the signal or if you're just going to be part of the noise. So it's so loud. It's so noisy in the online space. And at a certain point, it seems like everybody's saying the same thing. Yeah, do this, do that. Yeah, don't do this. Think about it this way. But it's like an, a, a great echo chamber. Everybody sounds the same. And so I think at an intermediate level, what you have to do when you've, you've taken the time to get to know your readers well enough, you need to say, hey, I am going to stand up. I'm going to hone my leadership here. And I'm going to say, what is wrong? And I'm ta not talking about getting all judgy McJudge pants, but on behalf of your reader, what's wrong with the general message that's out there? Yeah. And we, we might get tempted to say, oh, it's like, you know, Jesus followers versus the world. No, no, no. Everybody does that. Like all faith bloggers do that. So we have to say, what is it? Let's let's take Ann Voskamp, who has an enormous platform, for example. Let's take somebody who has a huge following and say, okay, if I stop fangirling for just a minute and I stop trying to copy her voice and I just look at it and I say, hmm, these women in my own community, why should I not just send them all over to read Ann's blog? Like, What's different about how I can tell, help them, what I can tell them, what is unique? And it, it might be something in your own story, something you've experienced in a certain way where you say, you know what, there's this general message out there that everybody has. But I need to say, what are the things that are serving my people? What are the things that are not 
serving my people. What is just kind of, I call these the, and it's not an original term, it's by Rye Schwartz, who's a, who's a copywriter, but he talks about what are the, the golden cows, the sacred cows that give sour milk, like the sacred cows, the thing that everybody believes must be absolutely true. And we just take it as gospel truth, but they're not helping. In fact, they might be hurting your readers. So part of this can come from being really well read, you know, reading and understanding, absorbing, but not, like I said, not just fangirling, but taking an analytical mind to it and saying, what's the part of this that most helps my people? What's the part that does not help them? That's going to keep them stuck. So when you're developing, you're actually developing your voice, you're developing your intuition, you're kind of honing your leadership here by not just accepting the messages, but say, okay, I want to be different. I want to have a message that is not just part of the noise. I need to find the signal that I can broadcast that is going to help people latch on to me and how I can help them. So at an intermediate level, you should already have a really good, solid working relationship with your people. Then you hone your leadership skills to be able to effectively take it to the next level. I love it. So it's basically doing a little bit of research and you know, coming back to your why and finding your unique proposition, you know, the business term, you know, why is what you're doing different from say what an ANVOS camp is doing? I love it. That's great. So then if we go to the advanced group, so they're in this listening cycle and it's like clockwork. It's going great. They're making money. How do they keep it fresh? How do they keep it from getting stagnant and boring? So I think the biggest thing for people who are advanced, who don't just want to get, uh, frankly, and I don't see a whole lot of this happening because most of the women who are who are serving at this level are just like, just their brains are exploding because they have so many ideas. Okay. Um, the thing is, though, to to keep your focus on the right place. You know, beginners, intermediate people, they've all got a bunch of people who follow kind of, you know, maybe maybe at a little bit of a distance and that, you know, they've got their followers, they've got their email subscribers. As your business grows, you have to turn your focus more and more inward to the community of women who have said, yes, I want to follow you. I will do whatever you tell me to do. I will take any course you ever create and you have to start listening. This is not listening to all of your people, certainly not all the people on the internet, not, not even listening to all the people that are on your subscriber list, but those women who have, like I've said, stuck their flag in the sand and said, I want something different and I want Ann Watson to be my leader, then you listen to them. And so then as they're going through programs with you, you're like, okay, I've gotten them to this point. How can we keep going forward together? So this membership, if what your women need is more access to each other, then it might mean creating a membership community that will help continue to serve them. Or it might mean you create a new course, create a new program. You come in with a strategic partnership where you have you help them get access to other people that they could never in a million years get access to because they don't have a platform of their own, but you can help connect them. So in the advanced stage of business, we are taking our roles as leaders and as world changers seriously. And we're focusing not on all the people, but on helping keep moving forward the women who have already said, yes, I'm squarely on your team. Let's all go together. 
Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is those first two levels for beginner and intermediate are sort of a building level. But then once you get to advanced, it is serving with excellence. It really is. And you know, that's like I said at the beginning, my I love doing the serving work, but the, the women that I enjoy serving the most are not the ones that hire me for a, you know, here, let's have a one hour strategy session or or here's a, here's a project. The ones that I love growing with, it's so inspiring for me to see women who, you know, maybe came through my program two years ago and maybe they fell off for a while, but now they've graduated and they're kind of in, they're in my, um, my membership group. I have a core group of women who've gone a bunch of places with me, seen a lot of things together. And like, I can celebrate successes with them. And we can, as a community of kind of inner circle people, we can all celebrate each other in a way that it's something special. I know you can, you can probably see this and hear it, but it is so exciting to be part of people's ongoing story. And this is the part of business that, man, once you get to that level of service, you never want to go back. You're like, you're never happy writing blog posts anymore. And you're never happy scheduling social media stuff anymore. And frankly, that's you, you hired it all out by then anyway. Right. But you get to show up and you get to witness people changing and growing. And then it, it kind of doesn't really matter whether they're changing and growing because of you or, you know, maybe they took somebody else's course and have had fabulous success, but they still want to be with you so you can celebrate with them. Anyway, it's cool and exciting. And I think at the top, the top level of business is where we have the most impact and we can serve the deepest. Well, I love that you said that too, because that makes it sound like it that's the goal, right? That's the target. We want to get to the point where it's that much fun and we get to see that much impact. And so that just for me anyway, makes me want to do the building work of beginner and intermediate to get to that point. And I think so many people, they don't have the big vision in mind and they see like, they feel like, what is that analogy? Like with all the blind, the blind people that are around the elephant there's like 10 people. It was one of, um, Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's one of Confucius's stories. And there's, there's 10 people, the 10 blind people around an elephant and each one of them only has a little piece. And so the one that's at a trunk thinks that an elephant is a thing that is long and thin. And then the one at the tail end thinks that an elephant, they say, Oh, an elephant is like, it's like a broom, right? Right. Um, or it's like a big tree trunk, the one that has them around the feet. And so, so many women get into, you know, being influencers and building a platform, but all they ever get is this little taste and they think, oh, this is all there is. Like, it's just writing blog posts and wow, I've written 250 of these and I'm not having a lot of fun yet, but they don't have the vision for the whole elephant, the whole business, the whole impact. And I think if we know what we're going towards, like, being profitable means you've got massive impact. There are women creating real change in their lives. It can help drive you through what seems like a little bit of the slog work. And it can help you let go of the slog work faster when you realize that you are starting to have a bigger impact. I love it. I also love the phrase slog work. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, I'm I'm just, I don't know if you can hear my voice. And I just, I don't love writing blog posts. I just don't love it. Yeah, I can sort of hear that. Yeah, I can sort of <laughs> hear that. But at the same time, I also hear your passion and your excitement for getting past that point to getting to the reason that you set out to do all of this in the first place. You know, you want to make a difference. You want to make an impact. You want to serve women well. And getting 
through that blog post stage, if that's something that you think is slog work, is just a step on your way to hitting your target. And I think knowing that the target's out there, looking at the whole elephant is enough to help people who are like, yeah, I don't love this part right now, do what they can then to move to the place they want to be. I think that's great. It's not the whole thing. It's just a part of the thing. And it's it's kind of temporary too. Yeah. So I have, there's a lady named Shannon who is, um, she has a program called The Budget Breakthrough. And Shannon has not, she has not written a blog post on her blog. Now she's, she's a very successful blogger. She's, you know, built page views and she has people coming in. She's got existing traffic there, but she switched her focus this last year and said, you know what? I really want to serve people in a deeper way. So Shannon decided that she was going to run her program through a pilot. She was going to have a core group of, you know, some women to help her hone her message, hone what the course was going to be. And she turned around and had an extremely successful launch this January. So just, you know, a couple weeks ago. And she told me and she's told other other women in our group that like, this is where it's at for her. She loves it so much. And that where she wants to go in her business now is not driving blog post traffic anymore. Now she's so excited about showing up and helping these women. And guess what? Half of them become friends too. So it is this beautiful, organic thing when you show up and serve and you make money at the same time. Because then it's like everybody's happy. It, you wouldn't think that. But when women are investing in their own transformation, when they have to pay to get a little higher access to you, they do. And it's this complete, beautiful circle where the things that you've learned, you can turn around and reinvest them in people coming up behind you. Yeah. And then we can all celebrate together that we're all hitting our targets. Yay. Yes. Well, Jenny, I wanted to ask you, uh, for Declare this year, the theme for the conference is going to be, or rather is, getting your hopes up. Get your hopes up. And so I'm asking everybody that's coming on the show, what are you getting your hopes up about lately? Do you know... For a long time, I would have probably given some smart business idea or some smart because I because I really do geek out about business and I love love growing it clearly with all this stuff that I've got my hands in. But what I'm getting my hopes most up about right now is is a vacation. I am taking a vacation this summer to an undisclosed destination. Nice. Actually, I'm going on a I'm going on a painting retreat. It's just something that is totally not businessy at all, and I'm going because. I want to. I'm going with no children. I'm going to an exotic location and I am going to paint and to listen and to learn. And there is absolutely nothing in this that is going to build my business in one single way. And I'm just doing it for the heck of it because I think it sounds like fun. So are you a painter? I'm bad painter, but okay. I, I like it. I okay. have. <laughs> All right. So it's not like some hobby necessarily you're pursuing. You're just going because gosh darn it, it sounds fun. It sounds fun. And it's it's funny too, Anne. I'm I'm closing in on my 40th year before too long. And I've put in my time, oh my word, I have four children. I have from 12 years old to four years old. I've got some super extroverted, high energy, very creative, like it's exhausting. Yep. And I've done the like investing yourself only in motherhood and just like don't look around, just keep your blinders on. 
And I think that's what I'm, I'm most hopeful about, that I get to just enjoy something for me. I don't have to share. It's, it's kind of like sneaking in the back hallway with your Dove chocolates and like just having them all for yourself because you're like, don't don't y'all touch my chocolates. This is mine. Right. But I'm doing it with something where there is, it's, it's just for the sheer joy of it. And I think God loves when we get to delight in where we are in our lives, when we're having fun on the journey. I think it makes God smile too. So that's my most exciting thing for this year. Well, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. God like commanded us to have a Sabbath. <laughs> so happy Sabbathing. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Well, Jenny, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show again. You are uh, obviously an always so full of just really wonderful wisdom. You're so generous with it. And I am just so grateful that you would take the time to invest in our community like that. And, you know, the declaration in my heart, I have never met a more down to earth, non-competitive, like let's open the cloak and show all the secrets and all the tricks. And like, they're just, they're open books for each other and so supportive. And so it is just an honor to be able to serve your folks in whatever way I can and always to talk to you, Dan. Oh, thank you. Well, I look forward to hearing all about your vacation and to hearing what our people think of getting into the authority listening cycle. Thanks so much, Anne. Guys, if you're like me and you cannot get enough of Jenny B, then you can find a whole lot more of her if you check out her website, her blog, Smarter Course, and of course, her podcast. I've got all the links you need in the show notes. So check your email or on our website at wearedeclare.com. Also, let us know what you think about this episode. Did you have a favorite quote or an action item? Did something that she say kind of blow your mind and it's going to be your new life mantra? We want to know. Send an email to info at wearedeclare.com or go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. That's easy too. Want even more Declare resources and to connect with other women who do what you do? Join our Facebook community where you're going to get tips, resources, friendship, and everything you need to help you grow your influence. We are your people, so we will see you there. And for all things Declare, make sure you check out the website. We've got all the information that you need. Get signed up for the emails. You'll be the first to hear the big announcements. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Tag us all the time. We love it. We will actually respond to you. And send me a screenshot if you listened to today's episode and let me know what you thought. Don't forget to share this podcast with all your influencer friends, because after all, we are all in this together. We always hope every episode of the Declare podcast inspires and encourages you. Thank you for always listening. You guys are the best. And we will see you next time on the Declare podcast.